I'm delighted to have Charlotte Bellamy with me today. Um, she is a creative photographer currently living in Holland. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Charlotte. So we'll get started. If you can just tell us what your um, photography looks like, what your life looks like at the moment, that would be fantastic. Um, so life is here in Holland, or actually, if you would like its official name, it's the Netherlands, because everybody in the west side of the country would probably shoot me down for calling myself uh, here in the Holland. So um, yeah, life here is, it's it's been quite quiet in the last couple of years. Um, but at the moment, I'm uh, what I would call a, a creative photographer. Um, I'm doing a lot of ICM photography, a lot of multiple exposures. And uh, on a daily basis at the moment, I'm not photographing every day by any means. Um, I'm getting a lot of workshops online at the moment since uh, the, the uh, pandemic, getting out photographing for myself, running some courses when lockdown allows. Um, unfortunately, we're just back in, in another lockdown back in the Netherlands at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't mean the same as uh, the UK. Um, we're all allowed to go out so I can go out with my camera and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, no shopping, which I don't mind too much, to be honest. I actually really like the fact that we can't go shop. Well, actually, I haven't been shopping for two years now because I never liked it anyway. So essentially, for me, it's a bonus. I don't like shops. I'd quite like to live on a tiny little island where there's no shops at all. <laughs> Just relieve that stress. But but for other people, I, I think it's different. Um, so anyway, diversifying there. Um, can you tell us then, do you, you on a normal um, year, do you, what do you do to make up your photography career as such? Do you... Um, you run workshops, do you? Yeah, so on a normal year, um, I'm running workshops. Um, I was running a little bit of online things anyway, even before Corona started. Um, I do a lot of photography for myself. Um, I try <laughs> to sell uh, prints. It's not the easiest thing to do. Um, I'm in a very lucky situation in that the, my photography is not the main bread earner in our household. So I have this uh, lovely opportunity to enjoy what I'm doing rather than having to worry horrifically about how much money is coming in. Um, so, yeah, that certainly helps with what I need to do or what I don't need to do. Um, and normally, yeah, we have a couple of workshops every year here in the Netherlands. Um, and then I do try to get back to the UK when I can, but I haven't been back for a couple of years now. So uh, I'm really looking forward to hopefully 2022 being a return year. So why did you go to Holland in the first place? Oh, I followed my husband. <laughs> Now he is he is English as well. Um, we've travelled the world a little bit together for work and things like that. And um, we moved out. We actually moved out to Chicago in I think two thousand. Gosh, I remember now about two thousand and eight. We moved out to Chicago for a couple of years, and I knew I always wanted to go home. Chicago never quite felt like home. And so we returned back and then uh, got itchy feet after a couple of years. Once you've travelled, you realise the world's not so small after all. And I told my husband, as long as we didn't have, uh, if, as long as we could go somewhere that I could speak the language. Uh, and he said, well, how about the Netherlands? And I said, OK, so well, if you throw a pony into the mix, then we can probably make a deal of it. <laughs> That's brilliant. So um, there's, there's one little point there I wanted to pick up on, actually, because I thought it was really interesting. I read some um, of your words on your, your, your website and you were saying that um, you tend to stay closer to home now to photograph. Um, obviously, taking the lockdown in the past couple of years out of the equation, is that kind of um, still what you do? Because I, I think I think you do from your website. But what was really interesting to me and I, resonates with me is that um, you said that you don't need to that you don't need 
you can, but you don't need to travel to exotic locations to make beautiful images. And I totally, um, totally resonate with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it could have something to do with moving here um, in that I still, I mean, I don't know. I, I used to, I used to live in the Cotswolds when I was in the UK and obviously the Cotswolds are absolutely beautiful and stunning. Um, and I had this real fear when we arrived here that it was going to be brown, flat and very boring. Um, I'm very lucky where I live over in the east of the Netherlands. It's it's flat <laughs> and it's brown and green, um, but it's not that boring. And to be honest, I suddenly started seeing things that, well, I know for a fact that my neighbours and everybody else don't even see around here. And it was those things that I just started photographing. And even now, you know, we're, we're heading on nine years since I arrived here. There's not a day that I don't go out into my street outside where I live. And am I, I'm either awed or I'm like, it's changed. And even a change is as good as a, a you know, going somewhere else to photograph. Like this morning, we got our first proper frost this morning. I'm dashing around with my mobile phone. And it's the same street that I photographed for the last nine years. And it's, I still find the beauty every time I walk down it. And I ride my pony a lot. And I go to the same places, you know, within half an hour's drive. And every day I see them with different eyes. It's, it's, um, yeah, when I did my, I did a master craftsman panel, um, about four, six years ago now. And all the photographs were made within half an hour's, uh, half an hour of my house. And, um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I love going to the Hebrides. I love going to all over the world. Um, but quite often those places are with my family and I don't actually get to do my most unique photography um so being able to pop out for half an hour or well, actually it's never half an hour if I pop out with my camera um <laughs> but if I you know if I have the opportunity if it's if it's within I quite often get my bike as well because the touch get on their bikes and um I just stick my rucksack on my back and bike for half an hour down the road and then that means I can pop off the side of the road wherever I want to I don't have to look for a parking space I can be completely uh, I respond completely to anything I see I just stop and uh, stop and photograph so it takes a long time to get anywhere there's some real uh, powerful lessons there I think I think that's a really um I'm glad you I'm glad you spoke about this because I think that people often connect um th- those I love the phrase exotic locations with being kind of the, the ultimate goal of going to places like China or, or maybe not China at the moment, but, you know, India, China, uh, Africa, wherever, um, to, to create amazing work. But actually, um, I think something that's, that obviously lockdowns taught us is that you can, um, create amazing work at home. And I wonder personally, for me, I feel, much more connected to the work that I create in Scotland because Scotland to me is is everything I don't think you need to go anywhere else but Scotland <laughs> but that's just for me obviously you find your own Scotland um so I, I you know I think that came from I did years of uh, travel photography so I was traveling around and then I started thinking why am I doing this um do I feel connected to landscapes in Greece or Italy whatever and I don't I just don't feel that same connection so I wonder um whether it's to do with a love of a place, so maybe um, a love of where you live, and maybe that sort of the, the time and time going out time and time deepens your connection. So therefore, your work becomes more meaningful and powerful. Do you think that's that's relevant for you? Um, yes, I do. I do. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's around me all the time, and I notice, like I said, I notice every little change. So sometimes it's a change for the better, sometimes it's a change for the worst. You know, it's it's even things like, uh, oh look, today there's a lot of mud in the water. I can't photograph the water. Tomorrow, it looks clear and I can see the leaves floating. You know, just 
tiny little things. And going back to your traveling to exotic locations, I have found over the years, and I've learned gradually, it's taken me maybe 20 years of traveling with my husband and family, I've actually learned to quit with my expectations of photographing on holiday. Because now when I go, unless I'm on my own, and I'm on a specifically there to take photos, I actually go... Um, Quite often, I don't even take my big camera anymore because I have ended up being so frustrated so many times and because I can't find the time to photograph. But also the expectations you go with, you've seen all these amazing photos of all these locations and you think, oh, you have the pressure you put on yourself to deliver what you think you should be delivering when you go to these places is immense and there's no way you can bring back the same as what you feel when you're walking down your local street or standing on your local uh, seaside when you're completely just zoned out and chilling there with a cup of tea or whatever you know there's no way you can do that when you're in a a pressurized environment yeah and and also there's that thing of uh, photographing with with your family or other people and uh, i've talked about this before but i I just i just don't do it anymore just 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 don't (laughs) it's not it's really not it's not something that makes you feel relaxed because even though it's as nice as they can be about it and as you know they might say well take your time and you know go and, and do your thing and you, you still have that pressure of thinking somebody's there waiting for me to get back to the car and they're getting cold and they're getting bored and you know you can't quite take those five hours that you wanted to <laughs> so um yeah I totally when I, whenever I go away on holiday it's holiday it's it's phone only <laughs> rather than um big camera and I, I completely agree with you on that so um I suppose that the that the um the nature of Holland being Holland and being quite what's the word flat <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know it's it's a different type of landscape isn't it so the the way that you photograph um has that changed and adapted to because you now live in Holland or has it just evolved well I think it's very much changed since I arrived here because before I arrived here I was actually a portrait and wedding oh. photographer <laughs> so it's changed quite a lot, to be honest. Um, I arrived here with great enthusiasm to restart my new business and get the pricing right and get the right clients. And I had a bit of a wake up. And although everybody speaks great English here, if you want to connect with people to take people photos, you need to be able to speak to them in their own language. And I couldn't do it. And so I had a bit of a, a wake up call. And I actually put my camera down for about six months because at that point, I believed in myself that I was only picking up my camera to make money via the photography and so I sort of I said, well, if I'm not making money from my photography, that's the point. That's the psyche I'd got into. Um, what am I going to photograph? And somebody said to me, uh, I found a mentor and uh, she said to me, just photograph what you love. If you start photographing what you love, you will start wanting to pick up your camera. And if you're not doing it for anybody to pay you, what does it matter? You know, you can photograph anything you want. And up until then, I'd always thought my sister was the landscape photographer of the family. She didn't do it seriously, but she always took fantastic, I think, as beautiful landscape photos. But I'd never thought there was any money in it. So I didn't do it. And then I suddenly started taking photos of the landscape. And going back to, you know, what, you know, I think it was, you know, do I photograph differently? I do here because I photograph contrast here. Because as I mentioned, the landscape is so flat. The landscape is it's not your beautiful Cornwall, Devon, Gloucestershire. You know, it's just not. Um, you've got wide open spaces, intermittent with, you know, trees and 
um, ditches <laughs> and the odd forest. And so actually what I found myself very quickly was finding any contrast in the landscape. So when there was a street, straight line of trees down a straight road, that's something you don't get in the UK. And that really took my notice. So I started photographing things like tree-lined avenues and waterfalls, uh, not waterfalls, water and ditches and things. And then I started finding myself... Um, being drawn to the woodlands because again they were a contrast in the landscape and I never photographed woodlands before ever in the UK um, and now you can't keep me out of them because I have to go to them and I absolutely love them because the Netherlands is quite an area of uh, neatness and perfection in fact a few people came here recently from the UK and went gosh do the Dutch have OCD about everything having to be absolutely perfect <laughs> because honestly compared to the UK everything is in straight lines everything's neat and the woodlands are beautiful and they do offer a contrast because they're a little bit rough, but even they've got perfect lines of trees going through the middle of them. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I certainly photograph in contrast more than anything now. So maybe it's that, um, having to look a little bit more for, for the, the you know, the, the creative aspect and the, the details, um, that's maybe spurred you on, um, and helped you evolve. It actually probably helped you actually changing um environment like you did maybe it's it's opened up that creativity to you because i think that when you're in that kind of environment you have to look for things that are slightly different um i was thinking of um i i i'm half dutch so i spent a lot of time in holland and i was trying to think of the things that i was inspired by when i was there i was obviously younger when i was there and I, I really can't actually, apart from the beach, because we, we were at the beach a lot and the windmills. I remember some like big wide open landscapes with, um, with windmills and being really impressed. I think it was a beautiful misty morning when we were, we were traveling through. Um, but other than that, I can't quite, <laughs> I can't quite pin down what else. So it's quite interesting though that that has, um, opened up. I suppose you've moved over there and it's opened up this world that of, photography that you love doing now so that's that's incredible um and just to pick up on that point when you say when somebody told you to shoot what you love and she's absolutely right if you start shooting what you love it will open up opportunity for you to start enjoying your work and to for creating really really beautiful work with the depth there's a sort of depth to it when you actually love that subject um that it's kind of it's hard to 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 perceive what it actually is, but we can, you can see it from the outside and I can see it with you. I was, um, trying to, I was talking with somebody about you and I was trying to describe, um, who you were. And it was part of the Creative Light Festival that we'll be holding next year in October in Loch Ness. And the fact that you were coming along and I was saying that you would be just perfect because you create amazing, beautiful, um, artistic images of woodlands. So that's, that's how I saw you after seeing your work online. So it's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is. And it's interesting you mentioned about the woodlands. I do love the woodlands. And sometimes I feel like it's a little bit constrictive because I do actually love shooting other stuff. And I've kind of almost put myself in a little box. Um, and so I'm just at the moment sort of trying to break out a little bit. I do love, I do love my woodlands though. Um, and I do love how I shoot them. And I'm always looking for new ways of sort of experimenting and, um, it's interesting that my first experience of ICM was actually in the Hebrides out on the water. Um, well, not on the water, but, you know, so that's where it came from. And then I kind of just brought that back because I was already living here and I brought that back and there's obviously no water worth photographing here, <laughs> not where I live anyway. I'm like two hours from the beach. Um, and so I kind of just took the, what I'd learned and put it into the woodlands and I just found that this 
amazing. I mean, you can take beautiful woodland pictures, technically correct, um, but I found that I was actually getting a bit stuck in being technically correct. And when I was doing that, there was no feeling coming through. And the minute I started waving my camera around <laughs> um, and started releasing myself and experimenting, again, I was playing. And suddenly, you know, the play comes from the heart. And suddenly you see the photos, they come from the same place. And it made such a difference. And back then, you know, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that it was fairly new as well. Um, there was certainly plenty of people doing it, but it wasn't like hadn't had the uptake that it has now. So just to pick up on something that you you said there about putting yourself in a box, I find that really really interesting concept. And I, I'm not I'm not saying that I know the answer to this, so I just wanted to ask you what you thought of it because I think that if you have a real love of something, so say it's the woodlands for me, it's the sea um, or the waves. And people then say to you, well, you can't just shoot that forever. I've, I've had that so many times. You can't just continually shoot the sea or the waves. Um, you'll have to, you know, do something else eventually. And for me, my answer is no, I, w- I won't because that's all I want to do. And I'll probably shoot it forever. But what I'll do is I will evolve that and develop it and it'll move to a slightly different, um, I don't know, technique. I'm not sure because I've, I'm not, I'm still working through that process. It'll move into um, yeah, different technique, a different way of shooting. Maybe painting, maybe maybe intentional camera. I don't I don't know because I, I, you know I'm still quite content with doing what I'm doing at the moment. Um, so I don't know. I don't think personally putting yourself in a box is a bad thing. I think you develop um, a great skill for that subject and a great depth of an understanding for it and you know, you become known for that, don't you? And I, I think that's quite a good thing. That's not to say I don't shoot other things as well. I do enjoy shooting occasionally woodlands <laughs> um, and lochs and things like that. So I do do other things as well, but I don't always show it. I'd, and I don't always have the real passion for it as I do for the seascapes. What are your thoughts on it? What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I say I put myself in a box. Probably I, I don't really think... A bit like yourself, I don't think I really feel that I need to get out of the box, to be honest, because I love what I do in my box. <laughs> I love my woodlands. And you were mentioning about sort of developing the creativity within that genre. And it's interesting you mentioned painting because um, I'm all I'm one of these people that has to push themselves every sort of six months a year. I feel this itch and I feel that my photo- photography stopped. Um, it hasn't got any worse, but it's just not moving forwards. And I've always been one for needing a little bit of a challenge. And that's when I've got in touch with getting a mentor or following a course and that kind of thing. And it just lifts my photography to the next stage again. Um, and about a year ago, um, it sounds awful. And I apologize to anybody struggling with ICM, but sometimes I find it a bit too easy. <laughs> easy and it comes from knowing your subject so well you know when I've shot ICM Woodlands for eight years I've developed a style over that time and I'm really happy with the style and I don't actually care whether anybody else likes it to be honest it's what I love it's how I want to portray my trees Um, but about a year ago I got an itch again and this year I've actually been experimenting with painting Um, and I've been doing uh, abstract acrylics now I have never picked up a paintbrush since I was at high school so honestly, when you look at abstract acrylics that I've done, that they're, <laughs> they're very abstract. They do nothing. But that's the whole thing. You know, they don't have to be anything. To me, I quite often go with some idea in my head of what they're going to be. But in the end, I've watched a lot of online tutorials and a lot of them are just about letting go and putting whatever you want to put on the paper, the same as putting what you want into the in, onto your, you know, photo. 
And so that's actually been freeing. And then I've sort of developing a process at the moment. It's quite, you know, I've been doing it for a year, but it feels like I've hardly got to grips with it just because I haven't been doing it on a regular enough basis. But it's all about um, doing multiple exposures and bringing these ICM abstracts together and creating uh, painting with uh, the ICM. So bring textures, lines, colors, that kind of thing in. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the way that the woodland photography is going at the moment. Um, yeah, that's actually quite in line with, with what I've been doing for, for many years, just very, very, very slowly, <laughs> probably, probably because I've been, um, I've just been so, so busy in the past few years. Um, but I started painting. I used to paint. I, I started a fine art degree, um, in painting a very, very long time ago. <laughs> and I'd, I've wanted to pick that up for, for many years and I have done very, very slowly, but I've been painting essentially what the same things that I photograph. So the same kind of scenes, the same, the same colours. And, um, so I suppose it's just exploring the overlap between the two. I don't know the answers to this yet because, you know, I, I'm not, I'm just developing it. So, but it's very, very interesting. The overlap between art and photography, isn't it? I, I find that, um, and I'm, I'm actually encountering more and more people now who, um, photograph as well as paint. And their work is very similar to their photography. So uh, it's really interesting. It's, I suppose you're expressing the same thing, but just in a different medium. I mean, I wouldn't say looking at my most of my paintings, you'd never have a clue they were anything to do with me, to be honest. They're actually quite um, aggressive, to be honest. They're very bold colours, which you don't see in my ICM at all. And I think maybe... Uh, I think it's not what I want to be doing, but for some reason that's what's coming out. Maybe it's because I'm looking later to put them with the ICM photos, so I do actually need a contrast. So maybe that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm not quite sure. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, most of them wouldn't go on my wall. I have got one that I want to put on my wall, but most of them wouldn't ever make my wall. So, <laughs> But it's just a process, isn't it? It's a bit like when you start photography. You just, you're trying. You, you, you're trying to hone your skills. And create your, that, you know, start, starting to make work that's, that's in line with the vision of what you wanted to create in the first place. And that takes years, doesn't it? So, you know, people who are starting out in photography, they're still getting to grips with the, the technicals and the, you know, all of that stuff before they can really let go and let their, let their vision, vision you know, just come through naturally. Um, and I suppose it's the same with painting. You, you, it's not technical but there's a process with the materials that you're not you don't understand yet you're not quite it's just time isn't it I think we forget that it just takes a long time to learn something <laughs> and we're talking years not just you know a few weeks um I think that's really important actually for anybody who's starting out in photography or painting and I suppose sometimes I get a bit frustrated when I'm painting I'm like oh it's not quite working <laughs> and I've got to remind myself of my own words <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I I found it's really good to ground me, to be honest. If I need to be reminded, like, the, take myself back to my 15 years ago with my photography, that's just where I am with my art. And it's a bit like the same as everybody thinks you pick up a camera and you can photograph. You were taught at school to just pick up a paintbrush and paint. So you assume as an adult you can just pick up a paintbrush and paint, and that's not the case at all. And it's a really kind of, like you, I get horrifically frustrated, and I'm just like, oh, okay, and then I'm not going to start today because I might fail that's another thing oh my goodness me the fear the fear of failure if I thought it was bad with my photography it's even 
worse with my painting. So I don't even pick the paintbrush up to start with. So it's it's having to really push through and tell myself that this is not for anybody else. This is just for you. You're meant to be doing this for a bit of fun. Um, and then that kind of gets me over it and just say, well, you know, well, why are you doing it? Well, you're doing it just to see what happens. And if that's the only expectation, then suddenly it becomes a lot easier than putting too much pressure on, like you've got a painting that's going to go with this picture to make a picture that's going to go on the wall take that all out the equation and suddenly you can paint something that's okay yeah and you just hit on the probably the most important point in um creativity and that is that we often stop ourselves um creating because we're, we're scared of, of failing um it's very very common isn't it and and to be able to let go of that and just to create freely is is the thing that will um allow your your work to develop it'll allow you to be happy which is the most important thing and um, being happy in creating and feeling that enjoyment of it because after all why else why else are we creating it's it's for enjoyment isn't it we often forget that because we're thinking i'm creating something for the wall as you said or for the internet and the other people will see and judge we actually forget that it's it's actually if we strip it back we should forget all of that and just create for enjoyment um, I suppose I think painting actually is one of the ways um, that you can do that e- easier. Maybe you have to be more free with painting, don't you? You have to really let go. If you don't let go, it doesn't work, does it? But with photography, it's slightly different, isn't it? It's slightly more technical. Um, so it's, it's harder concept to understand with photography, I think, but it still applies. So I think that, um, that fear of failure is a, is a, is a, is a massive thing with people not being able to, being blocked, being stuck and not, and not being creative and, and enjoying it. When I've got a podcast guest coming on, I'll have a look around at all your online, um, words, basically. Um, this is where people cringe a bit. They go, did I say that? I don't, so I don't know where you said it. You said, um, I hate to follow the crowd. I just, I just love that. That's a great that's a statement if ever I heard one. Um, but I really like that. And I think that, um, it sort of comes through in your, in your lifestyle, I suppose, and the, and the way that you work. So no, it's definitely, it's been right from the start, you know, right when I was doing wedding photography, I never wanted to put guests in a row. I never wanted to do that. I wanted to do sort of more, yeah, they wanted it, but I, <laughs> I didn't want to be doing it because I felt uncomfortable, to be honest, was my reason. And quite often we say things and it's actually to cover up a reason behind that we don't want to tell people about, you know, it's like I'm a natural light photographer because I don't know how to use my flash. Um, and it's like, uh, and I never used to put it to, to, to coin a phrase I never used to put babies in receptacles I won't just say buckets but when I did baby photography I used to have them very natural I didn't need them to be asleep and to be honest it was probably because I didn't have the patience to wait for four hours for them to go to sleep so there was a mean there was a reason behind why I didn't do it um, and it's the same now with my photography I with my landscape photography I tend to see things and I just don't want to do what anybody else is doing. You know, quite often I'll follow a tutorial. Like, for example, Andy Gray, I followed a tutorial of his and I know how to do it. And I've done it once and I enjoyed doing it. But I wouldn't take it. It's something I've learned. The same as, you know, doing a baby photography uh, workshop. I did it. I learned it. And then I knew what I wasn't going to do for myself because I wanted to make a change and I wanted to make it my own. And it's the same with my woodland photography. A lot of people are looking at these very smooth lines or to make stuff very abstract. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what I want to do. And uh, if it's different to yours, I don't mind at all. It's 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 I'm I've got to that point after a long time that I'm comfortable with what 
I produce for me because it's what I want to portray. And that's one of the biggest things I say to the guys that do my courses, especially with ICM. It is so personal. Your interpretation, what you're bringing to the photo, probably half the people that look at it won't understand what you're trying to bring. But as long as you're happy with what you've brought to the image, then that's the most important thing for me. Um, Nobody can tell you an ICM image is wrong because they have no idea what you meant to bring to that ICM image to start with, unless it just looks completely completely blurred and not actually intentional and then that's a little bit of a uh, sort of uh, subject that we discuss but otherwise you know I don't I don't you can use any movement you can use any shutter speed you can portray anything you want on the paper and if it's what you want to put on the paper you know great it's yeah it's one of those things isn't it what what is you know I've I've always said this about photography anyway what is right and what is wrong how can you ever I don't actually know that you can ever actually judge a photography competition it's probably a little bit <laughs> um, oh, let's not let's not go there. But um, I don't think you can because how can you ever say that a, a piece of art is right or, or wrong, or that should have been there, or that should have been shot at whatever f twenty two, or shouldn't have been um, that bit should have been in focus because it's art, isn't it? So how do you how do you um, how do you judge that? And and it becomes more obvious when you're trying to I suppose you know critique an ICM image because as you're, you're saying quite rightly how can, how can you ever say it's about you and what you want to bring to it yeah absolutely I mean the, the other evening I had a, um, a fun evening with my group that I run online and we have a critique but when I say critique it's just like looking at everybody's images and most people I don't say you have to put ICM images in because it's not just ICM but I looked through them at the end of the evening. I chose my favourites and I never normally do that. I only did it because it was a Christmas thing. and It was the hardest thing. I had 20 images to choose from. And in the end, I put a caveat on the end and I said, these are not technically perfect images. But I tell you, the one that I chose gets me here. It gets me. It gives me an emotion. It almost brings me to tears from what I'm looking at. It's not technically perfect, but I don't care because... For me, it's more important that these five images that made the final five give me so much emotion. They give me this grounding in in the photograph that it doesn't matter whether the whether you've got a few dust spots in there, for example, you know, which they'd be completely thrown out of any photographic competition straight away. But that's not my aim when I discuss images with people. It's all about making sure that they, you know, bring some feeling to them. Um, and so that was really interesting for me, actually, because in the end, I was like, how am I going to justify this choice? Because it's not technically perfect. And it was a really interesting process for me to go through myself. And for me to realise that actually it didn't matter because actually the reason I was choosing it was because it meant something to me, this image. And it was really special to be able to, well, I hope that it was really special to be able to put that back to the guys that were listening. Um, I do the same thing. If I feel it's it's hard to describe what it is, but if you feel something from an image, um, you know, that's for me, that's that's the great image when there's there's emotion there, and you can see it, can't you? You can see it. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the criteria is, but you can see an image that just hasn't got any soul to it, and um, I can I can instantly spot that as well. And I think we should um, maybe start a, a, a photography with soul awards. Maybe that would be good. <laughs> Out of focus, fine. <laughs> it was really lovely to chat with you today, Charlotte. Do you want to just um, just explain where people can find you online if they want to go and have a look at your work? Okay, well, I, <laughs> interestingly, I was listening to Paul Sanders' uh, interview with you, and I don't have a shed, so I'm not in the shed at the back of my garden. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I am in the Netherlands. I'm not in the UK. So, but I know you have listeners from all over the world. So that's not, that doesn't make any difference. Um, my website is charlottebellamy.com. Um, and I've got all lots of work on there. So you can enjoy the work and also all any workshops that I'm running, that kind of thing, all that kind of information up there. Um, I'm on Instagram as Charlotte Bellamy Holland. And I've got a YouTube channel, which is Charlotte Bellamy Creative Photography. And I have loads and loads of tutorials and basic videos um, on there um, that you can hopefully enjoy, make some use out of. Perfect. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Margaret. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support me in my work, please do subscribe to this podcast and share it or review it. That really helps. You can also find me at quietlandscapes.co.uk or on Instagram at Margaret Soraya and also on YouTube. Thank you so much and I will see you on the next episode. <laughs>